five. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of our weekly overtime podcast called Overtime, which I just said. So uh, we're glad that you're with us once again today. It is Christmas Eve. So Christmas Eve day, we're pretty excited for it. Uh, tomorrow, we're hoping everybody who's celebrating Christmas has a splendid Christmas, a great week off. Um, I know that kids are home from school, so hopefully... And if you're watching this on Facebook Live and you would like Pastor Ben to do a Christmas message via Facebook Live, make sure to comment below and like and yeah, share. That's... If we get 100 shares, then Pastor Ben... <laughs> that's will... probably not going to happen. So, um, 100 shares, but... yeah, that probably won't happen. I don't think No, I was will... thinking that the whole message. But um, anyway, but we're glad that you're with us. Uh, well, one of the things that we do want to draw your attention to, and this is specifically for those that are watching on uh, Facebook Live that if you are uh, interested tonight, we have got three very special Christmas Eve services that are going to be happening. Uh, two of them are here at the Christian Life Center at 5 o'clock and at 7 o'clock. Very family friend, friendly service. I struggled getting that out yeah. there. I'm not sure why. Uh, family friendly service. It's going to be about an hour long. Uh, it's going to be a lot of singing. There's going to be um, a story kind of specifically for children. It's going to be a, a great time. There's also child care provided for anybody up through preschool age. So zero through preschool, there'll be something provided if you're not interested in bringing them to the service yeah. or just, you know, it gets a little bit difficult. I understand. Yeah. I don't know yet. I haven't experienced it, but it gets a little difficult with preschoolers. So if you want an avenue for them, that there's something for that. Then at nine o'clock over at New London Presbyterian Church, we have a traditional candlelight service. It's going to be an awesome service. It's going to be run by Pastor Jeff, who was the senior pastor here, and he's since retired, but he's coming kind of back out of retirement for yeah. this service. It's going he's to be a great back time. in the game. He's still, you know what? Maybe he's never left the yeah, game. Yeah, don't call yeah. it a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we want to encourage you to be a part of that. For anybody that is listening via podcast, either on Apple devices or on a um, an Android device, a device, a and device. this is the voice, the voice, uh, a device. It's a new thing. Uh, if this is after Christmas, we hope that you had a fantastic Christmas, and uh, thank you for listening to it and being a part of it. It seems like we've got about fifty to hundred kind of normal views or listens to this. So I guess it's. I don't know why you had to share those numbers. Uh, I don't know because if they. People could have listened and thought there were thousands, but yeah. now, well, but if you're yeah. one of the 50, <laughs> we appreciate your loyalty. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to jump into what we have our content wise. It's a little bit of a different week this past Sunday. So we're going to kind of talk yeah. through that. But um, do you want to kind of give a recap of what we did and why it was actually even different this week and talk about what we talked about? Yeah. So we're in the kind of the tail end of this series called Wonder, and it really is. Uh, kind of the objective intent was to get us to stop and pause and think. And right. as I shared on Sunday, um, about 3,000 minutes worth of sermons yeah. this year. That's 180,000 seconds, probably three words per second. So you're looking at 540,000 yeah. words. That And that's that's conservative. I think like, so. That's sure. really conservative. So it could be closer to a million words. Yeah. You know, and so that's a, that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot to process and consider and, you know, um, so it just makes sense that in all those words, I, I know it. I know it's probably really hard to stop and ponder during the sermon, right? Because we're I hop up on that stage and we go for a ride, right? Right. right. And there's a place we're trying to get to, and right. we're fighting against the clock, right. and the baby's crying in the kid zone to get to that destination. So very linear. And so, so I just was thinking through that, going, boy, the very thing, the very medium by which we're trying to help people wonder might actually create a way by which they can't wonder. Okay. So. That was kind of yeah. the struggle of going. How do we, how do we actually see ourselves in this? If, if this is God engaging us and with us, right, yeah. to intervene in our story to invite us back into His, then how do we actually see ourselves in this story? And you know, 
2,000 year old uh, story is kind of hard to identify with. Like yeah. mangers, shepherds, right. angels, wise men, you know, like all those kind of things. Right. And so just was trying to figure out a way to ha- put some uh, color and in, into the to the story so that we could experience it. Yeah. So uh, what Jesus did throughout the uh, New Testament when he taught is he used parables, right. parable to help us see ourselves in the story, right? And so while this wasn't a biblical parable, it wasn't in the Bible, I did feel like it would be helpful for us to be able to pause and, and consider it. So yeah. uh, we saw the third interaction with angels, with people. We had first Elizabeth, then or Zachariah, then you had Mary, and then you had these shepherds and wanted um, our folks to understand uh, the significance of why uh, appearing no shepherd. Like this right. isn't a person who doesn't have a voice, right, right. Um, doesn't have much of a life, doesn't have any hope, definitely doesn't get any good news and has no great joy right. and would not believe that the God of the universe was interested in all people. Yeah. So could we see what the story really was about in terms of God invading that and making a way where there was no way? And, you know, like, so if you watch the, 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 the movie, the, the short film, the big crescendo is that this dad, you know, extravagantly goes out of his way to make sure that the son sees the sign. Yeah. And so what I hope people could connect with was what God does is goes immeasurably out of the way hmm. to bring, as it says in John, light, light. That's what the sign was in, even in the Christmas Eve parable, to bring light into darkness that the darkness could not overcome, right? So yeah. it was like... There was this movement and plan that God invades our story and does immeasurably more than we could ever expect or imagine in right, that. And right. so just that glimpse of that moment where we felt good for this guy who'd just been down and out, yeah, right? right? We all felt it. We all liked that kind of uprising of hope. Yeah. Just wanted us to understand that that's the same hope that's available to us and the same hope that God wants to get to other people. And that's why literally the scriptures say beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news, right? Like there's just something beautiful about yeah. that grace being extended in that way. Yeah. So that was kind of the thought. Wasn't it was it? it was definitely, man, it was a really good video. And, and I should probably say that this is a spoiler alert. So if you have no idea what we're talking about, we are going to talk about it and probably even kind of the culmination of yeah, that. Yeah, so you might so, want to pause, go back, watch exactly. it. Exactly. So if, you, yeah. if you're watching this live, maybe just tune back in later. And if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the video yet, I would encourage you to go to yeah. clcfamily.church slash media. You can watch this past Sundays. Yeah. It was December 22nd yeah. and 23rd. No, December 21st and 22nd. That's right. So, it, so the spoiler alert is Jesus sees dead people <laughs> and he brings them back to life. Yeah. Yes. That's... There's a little bit more to it in the. There the is. I was day, just, but... I was kind of joking about the sixth sense, the M Night Shyamalan. You yeah, know, like the yeah. whole movie's wasted until you go. He sees dead people. Yeah, you know, it's uh, not quite that. But it. Was I mean, I never still saw good. that movie because I think it was good. like I don't know if it was PG thirteen or R. And since I'm a Christian, yeah, you're a pastor. You, know, you yeah. can't do that. Um, yeah. So um, I saw. Anyway, uh, so as we get into this, one of the things that I wanted to ask personally because I know. I know behind the scenes, like I have a good relationship with you. I see you kind of throughout the week and you were kind of wrestling with, Hey, is this something we should do? Is this something we shouldn't do? Should I preach like we should normal? Like there was a a bit of a wrestling match. And I think, I personally think that you landed at a really good place because that video did make me pause and really reflect. And, um, 
you know, I, as a guy, I don't even want to admit it, but it made me emotional towards the fact what Christ yeah, has why do, done. Why do you want to admit that? I'm actually more curious to that than anything else. Why do I want to admit yeah. that? Uh, just because you're it supposed made to have feelings. Impact. It's not like you're supposed to have feelings. You're supposed to feel your feelings. I, I do feel right? my feelings. You're allowed to cry, right? But okay. I, I am. I. Yeah. But it was just something that it was. It made me realize. So you don't want to sit and kind of really happen. think about that in terms of your emotion. Oh, well, I was driving towards my okay, question, ask your but question I mean, then. Just, if you yeah, want, yeah. I can sit in that. I'll think about it as you answer the question. Um, so how did how did you or why was it kind of a little bit of a wrestling match and specifically this Sunday like you know we're in we're in a different type of you know business world if you will we we're in church ministry so it looks different especially the the Sunday before Christmas why was it a little bit of a, a wrestling match for you yeah so uh, Sunday before Christmas is going to be a top five attendance Sunday yeah. it just is and probably top three and most of those folks are first-time guests so uh, what Never's lost on me. Maybe the guy I'm always viewing our church uh, through the lens of someone who has no idea that God loves them. Right. That's actually one of the reasons the sermons are so long, because it is I want to make sure everybody can be brought into the story, understand right, right. it. If they don't understand the Bible, don't understand the Old Testament, New Testament. Just want them to be able to uh, to not be left behind in this, like to be included. And so you think about that and go, man, there's going to be some people who haven't been here ever. Mm-hmm. There's going to be. Uh, some parents whose kids are back from college or yep. that are coming to visit for Christmas. And I don't know what their expectations are. I don't know if they, what they're bringing their kids to and what they would like to see happen in our church service. Like, you know, lots of folks who have kids who've kind of walked away from the Lord. And, right. okay, is it possible that a sermon could help that? So right. you got all those things. So you got, um, there's a precedent that usually we open up the Bible and teach from it for a really long time. And frankly, don't really have much to offer people other than the scriptures. And so um, to not sit and expose or exegete those for 50 minutes, yeah. um, I struggle with the godliness of it. Okay, so is this is this God-honoring to give that much attention right. and time to something that's not the scriptures? Mm. So you're talking about 31 minutes of time yeah. that was you know, shaping you know a, a biblical worldview and showing it, but it wasn't the scriptures. Right. And so God tells us his word never returns void, right? And so there is something about that's what I, I believe is the most important part of what we do here on a Sunday, right? Yeah. I mean, I'd love for people to find a great church, feel connected, feel loved. But ultimately, if they don't see and hear about Jesus, then yeah. why do we do all this? So you got all that right. wrestling through. Is this a good way to do it? Is when people want to come back, would this be confusing? And then, just very candidly, um, tonight for Christmas Eve, uh, it'll be a, a homily. It'll be short, mm-hmm. right? There's a, a video, a couple-minute, five, ten-minute talk, uh, reading the story couple five ten more minutes talk and then we're singing again and so now i think about a first time guest and um they would show up the 22nd or 21st and they would have this weird experience where it was this video and then they'd show back up on christmas eve and go oh that was short and then even beyond that and as we're doing this um podcast right now i can literally look <laughs> out into the the studio there gary's waving at us um <laughs> Because Gary is working on his sermon for this upcoming Saturday yeah. or Sunday. So Gary will be preaching, and he's a 40-minute you know, guy, yeah. which is awesome. you know. And so, and he, so then I'm thinking, okay, these, these guests are going to come on a, this the 21st, 22nd. They're okay. going to watch this video. Then they're going to go Christmas Eve. Then they're going to show back up. Gary's going to give them a beautiful message that's succinct and well thought through. And then all of a sudden, they're going to come back in January and go, boy, was I tricked. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> even from like the practical standpoint, this just – so I just thought, ah, oh, this doesn't seem like the right time. And yet it felt like yeah. really the right time to take a pause. And I just, I love teaching and 
So yeah. I was really anxious. Even after the Saturday night service, I'm still going and praying, God, do we do the same thing? I think I'm supposed to keep running this play. Yeah. But should I just go back and really spend some more time on the shepherds and just throw away the, the, um, the movie? And yeah. so, now, yeah. I'm pretty sure that I know where you landed on it. Um, and I was here yeah. for the 9 o'clock yeah. service on Sunday. Um, so having wrestled through all that, because I guess what I'm almost trying to pull out is that for many of us, we struggle or sometimes we're, we're not sure. Like, okay, we feel like God's leading us to do mm-hmm. something and we struggle. Like, is this me? Is this like we can kind of talk ourselves in or out of almost anything. And so we can struggle with trying to hear God's voice. So in the end, kind of how did you feel like it went? Do you feel like this was definitely the way that God was leading you? Or do you feel like, oh, man, I wish I could have, I don't know, had that back? Yeah, great question. Um, I feel like it was the right move. Yeah. Now, if you're struggling to wrestle with God's voice, uh, welcome to the team. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think, like, I will tell you from stage, when yeah. I say I think this is from God, like, I'm 75% confident at most, right. maybe right. 80. You know, it's like God gives me these big audible moments. Right. And so um, this actually is maybe a good point, even as you're wrestling through this. Do I invite that person? Do I mm. connect to that person? Do I That's make good. the cookies? Do I, you know, like, I, even I struggle with that in my neighborhood of, gosh, do I show up and invite my neighbors? And they show up at church, they're going, he wanted me to come listen to him. You yeah, know, like, right. it's just so broken. And so here's, and I, and I go back to this all the time, and I love when Jesus gives us his best sermon, right? The Sermon of the Mail, when he goes, if you believed wholeheartedly in God and you believed I was God's son, this is how your life would be. Yeah. And when he starts out with those uh, Beatitudes, he starts with the blessed are, right? Yeah. And he says, blessed are the pure in heart, mm. for they'll see God. So in all this stuff, where I had to keep going back is, God, is my heart pure? Yeah. Is my heart pure? I, like, is it pure? Is, is this is there a purity of heart that I believe this is what you're calling us to? I'm going right. to go yeah. seek wise counsel. I had conversations with you. I had conversations with Gary and conversations with staff trying to work through this. And But I, it went back to, uh, this, is, this is the pure heart. What I'd yeah. love to see is I would love people to really experience and understand what God's grace is all about. Right. right. So and at the end of the day, I was I felt comfortable enough going, yeah, let's do this because I felt like God led us there. And it wasn't for any other agenda other than right. To try to please God. So blessed right. are the pure in heart for they'll see God. And so I, I would say on the back end, particularly having some conversations, some really neat ones actually, and mm. hearing all sorts of feedback that it seemed to be that God was using this story yeah. in a way that was um, uh, pretty important in individuals' lives. Yeah. And then right. I think about even um, when I was worried about what if the kids come back and they you know, come to church and their parents are expecting that there'd be this, you know, yeah. energetic, you know, Pied Piper up there, you know, <laughs> doing the dog and pony show and they get this video. But I think about it and go, what a beautiful video for a family to wrestle through. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so even that, I, it felt, I felt really good that that was the, the right move. I don't want to do it every yeah. week. I'd like You're to get right. back up there and right. preach. So don't expect to come in here and, you know, bring your popcorn and watch a movie. That's not right. happening. Right. It won't happen the first week in January for sure. But it, will it happen the second week? It's not going to happen the second week either. So. I don't think so. Yeah, no, no I don't I think, think so. so either. So it's gonna be a really good series on the Book of Judges, and he yeah. seems so strange to go. Why would we do a start the New Year in Book of Judges? Because these guys were broken human beings yeah. that had this cycle of sin that they keep thinking that the next thing's gonna be the thing that's gonna fix the last thing, and they just go in this thing, and finally they cry out to God. God comes through and saves them, and then they do the whole pattern again. Yeah. So it seems like a really good thing to discuss in the New Year's. All these resolutions we make that uh, we. Eventually look back and go, gosh, why can't we follow through? Because yeah. we got this pattern, we got a break. So yeah. looking forward to talking about that. So we don't have time for videos then. Yeah. So uh, I did think kind of jumping back into that idea, the concept of the, of the doing the video, I really do hope that that helps those of you that are wrestling and you're, you know, you think like God, you feel like God is leading you to one direction, but you're really not sure. Um, 
I would agree. I'd say join the club. I I think 75% is the most that I've ever been. Yeah, like, see, I'm confident. probably a little more godly. I've been a pastor longer. <laughs> so it makes sense that my, you'd yeah, be yours like, is more higher. Like, mine, you'd be more like two-thirds. Not yeah, quarter, maybe like 60%. Yeah, 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 something like that. But uh, yeah, but I do think, and if I can be honest too, I'm pretty – I love movies. Like I'm a yeah. huge movie buff. I love being able to go to the, the movies, like pretty excited. Hope and I celebrated uh, Christmas yesterday because she's a nurse. So she's working the 24th, 25th. And so we celebrated Christmas and part of kind of our trish, Christmas tradition has almost become to go see a movie. Like you go we see Star downtime. Wars. So we went to see oh, Star Wars. So gosh. pretty oh. excited about yeah. seeing that. <laughs> pretty excited about oh. seeing that. But my point <laughs> is in that is that I'm pretty tough on movies. Like if, if the acting's bad or if it's just like there's too many things going on. And in the past, I've been a pretty tough critic of christian film because you get the new truck you win the game it's just so kind of cheesy that everything kind of lines up or everything comes together in the last minute and just uh, i don't know Uh, it's i'm not by any means a film expert but in my mind it just it's just not done quite as well as some other other movies or, or whatever and so as i was watching this i I don't know if it was just if I thought that it was really good, but I never once thought about the acting or I never once thought about kind of the directing in this. And I do think that they did a, a decent job of that. So whoever produced it, Dallas great Jenkins, job. yeah, yeah, Dallas yeah. Jenkins. So mm-hmm. good job, Dallas. I doubt yeah. he's listening, but good job, my friend. Yeah. Um, in that, I was so caught up in that story. Like I was intrigued in, initially by going, what, what's kind of this guy's story and kind of being the same or, or feeling like I'm, I'm the cab driver too. Like, oh, how do we help? And like, what, what needs to happen? And then, and then just kind of when it showed the scene of the dark house, like I think it was just after the guy put a phone call yeah. into his dad and it showed a dark house. And we had had conversations before, but I had never seen the video yet. Really? You had said something about the light. But as soon as they showed that scene that it was a dark house in my mind, I pictured every single light on. And I got emotional thinking about that. Yeah. Like, man, that's actually how God was. And then when they even showed the house when it was actually lit up yeah. and there was – it was – in my, it was bigger than what it what, what I saw in my mind, um, because I wasn't thinking like they had those uh, icicle lights. Which just wanted to point out, I think you did make fun of icicle lights a, a few weeks ago. Yeah. But uh, icicle lights are still in, according to this, to the ride. The film was made in 2012. <laughs> so it was just a even more beautiful picture than what I saw in my mind, and. That made me, it was right then in that moment of just kind of going, that is exactly how God seeks me out, is that he shows every sign, like he gives such grace and such favor that I just couldn't help but to to kind of be thankful in that moment and really reflect on what God had done by sending his son yeah. to this Virgin Mary that we talked about and, um, and we're going to continue to talk about today. Um, in Luke 2. So a familiar story, but kind of in a different way of telling it, made me even rethink once again, like, man, this is actually what God has done. So at least from my perspective, I thought it was a great, great film. So hats off to the to the guy that directed that. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I shared it on Sunday. I forgot to share it on Saturday night. It, the movie's called The Ride. Uh, it's hard to find it if you just look for The Ride. So if you go to The Ride, colon, A Christmas Eve Parable, it'll okay. show up. But it's actually on Amazon Prime. So if okay. you have Prime, wow. you can watch it for free now. Okay. I think, I mean, we purchased it at the show because I needed the actual 
digital format if I want, right. but it's like two ninety nine. Okay. So to wow. own the film, so wow. and maybe that can come part of your Christmas tradition. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I've watched it about six or seven times now, just yeah. getting preparing for this. And so once you watch it that many times, you come a little bit numb to it. It's kind of like preaching the yeah. same sermon. It's like, okay, does this still land? But that moment, that moment when you see it, particularly yeah. when you watch it with a group of people who see it together yeah. and you hear like the response, it's like, oh, that, yeah. that's so good. That's so good. Yeah. So. It was good. Uh, so I've got a couple questions from today. One's, one's maybe more part of a, a prayer request, but I think it, it might be something good to talk through. Um, and then one kind of particularly talking about the, the shepherd. So I want to get to that. But uh, before I do, you had made mention in the beginning of this, uh, in Luke chapter 1, I think I wrote Luke, or Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Um, you had said something, and this was just my question. You said that Caesar Augustus, uh, his dad referred to Caesar as the son of, no, no, no. like, I'm, I'm getting yeah. it wrong. But so like, his dad, uh, his dad uh, was taught himself as a divinity. Yeah. Right. And so um, when, when we look at that and see, let me look at my notes real quick there. Um, when you look at Caesar Augustus, uh, let me pull it up. It's going to be right here. Um, when you look at him, the kind of the, the piece of his dad, let's see. So we look here. So his father, so uh, father Augustus was a Roman statesman and a military leader who became the first emperor of the Roman Empire. So okay. he was there from twenty-seven BC to eighty uh, fourteen. And so, but his dad uh, was Julius Caesar. Okay. So Julius Caesar saw himself as okay. A, a, a god yeah he was a god and so like he referred to himself as a divinity people worshipped him as he was a divinity so you got this divinity who then has a son who takes over the roman empire yeah. caesar augustus so julius caesar caesar augustus which is really beautiful to look at it in terms of the history of the world okay we know these names yeah, these are right. real names so julius caesar the the god that like would refer to himself as a god right other people worship him as a god has a son so again, what does that make caesar augustus the son of god yeah so it's so interesting that the son of god that this how the roman empire would have saw him was actually calling in the census right to make sure that it happened to kind of set up this beautiful scene where the god of the roman empire's son is organizing all this think is all his plan yeah well behind that is god pulling the strings to be able to bring this all in to have real son of god right get born in this place right. that david is from in right. the organization of all this in the moment that it would have had to have happened there's no other reason they would have been traveling at that time to do right. this except for the son of god in the roman empire is actually ushering in the real son of god right so it's just like the beauty of the story is just nuts like yeah. okay you know julius caesar is we know that he's in the story like right. he's a real human being by the way nobody questions that right and right. we got a couple of history books maybe yeah. like <laughs> a couple of reasons to actually believe that yeah and no man scripts from it but a couple of reasons to believe that and yet we had this other god actually being ushered in so anyway yeah uh, and, I, I just thought it was interesting because i'd never heard that yeah. before so it was like as you said that i was like wait a minute and it just again it just goes to what i feel like we've been pointing at this entire series of there's just too many things that you can't look at this and say wow what a coincidence using the illustration i think that you used in the second week of the home alone right yeah. like wow it's so amazing that these two people actually went through and they fell for all of kevin McAllister's yeah. traps because wow it's such a coincidence well no it's not a coincidence is that there was a writer there was an author yeah. to that story that 
wrote it out that way. So you see that even in the birth of Christ, that it wasn't just by coincidence that these things happened. It was, there was an author yeah. and he, he saw this from the beginning of time. So I just thought that that was a really cool uh, thing that we looked at um, that you had mentioned that I was just kind of curious. You also mentioned that, um, you know, we in our minds, when we picture where Jesus was born, we think of a stable kind of out in the fields, like n nobody's around, but you referred to it not as a, a stable, but as a, or not as a, uh, more like it was a guest room. It was, it was a stable is yeah. where the animal stayed, but it was more like a guest room rather than an inn with an innkeeper that goes, no, you can't stay here. We don't like yeah. you. Or no whatever. room for you. Like yeah. the so, Nazi. Like, so yeah. how, like, can you talk a little bit more about that is i don't know if there is anything more to talk about that. yeah but. i think uh in is a bad translation i think it pops up kjv um but yeah and so if you look at first century uh culture jewish culture particularly i tell you anything about nt Wright's gonna be really helpful here because he's just i mean not only is he an expert on paul he just is a brilliant a guy when it comes to first century okay. jewish culture right now he just released a new book about New Test living in the New Testament, like what okay. been like what, okay. I haven't read it yet, but that's going that's going to be my book that I'm reading getting it next year because that's actually what I like to study. Yeah, understand the context of how these words are written. But if you study Jewish culture, first century hospitality, all those kind of things, like and even the idea of an inn, yeah, there's just there's no ends. Yeah, then. Right. and so then you look even more about how animals work. So yeah, shepherds, you got all sorts of stuff, but they are whatever kind of animals you have. They weren't like we imagine these. Like horse farms, right. big fences, right. and all you need stuff. at least two acres. Or yeah, right. and so they didn't have any of that stuff for right. the most part. Like, and these Jews, particularly, they basically had little bitty tiny land now. Like, I mean, they had give they lost just about everything to the Roman and Greek, yeah. you know, governments and you know empires. And so when that happens, these folks are living in tiny houses. They're taking their animals someplace. Right. They're tying them up someplace, like a goat or whatever. And then at night, they they're bringing them back. Well, they don't have barns and stables for the most part. Yeah. It would just have been a part of their house right, right and even if you did have land or property the reality is people stole that stuff right it wasn't like you know there were nest cams out there and so they would bring them in at night and you go well it's not that cold it's like you bring them from the weather yeah you bring them in for protection right not to lose them so that would have been attached to the house now yeah. when you bring an animal in the way by which you bring an animal in is you give it food yeah. right you you shake the sweet feet or whatever it is and they come back and they would have been that food would have been put into wherever that little hut lean to maybe next like on the yeah. house or underneath the house kind of dug out okay so like a better way that i imagine it which is a terrible way because it wasn't this way it would be like kind of the the ranch house with the garage underneath or whatever okay. it is i'm talking okay. about like the, yeah, yeah. the ones from the 70s yeah so it's like if you it's imagine built it built on a hill yeah, yeah so it's kind of would okay. have probably more than likely in that kind of environment so the niv which i don't think does everything right i think i mean they're 100 scholars are smarter than I am but when they say there's no guest room available that makes more sense mm. to me okay because they would have you know adjust all sorts of stuff like for example um, African culture is probably closer to Middle Eastern culture third world Africa Kenya and so 15 years ago when we went to Kenya like basically for most of the time we spent time with a kind of a an offshoot of Camp Winshape that's Chick-fil-A's camps some uh, where they had this kids camp where most of okay. them were missionary kids so for most of the time we were spending time doing missionary kid camp in a really nice kind of retreat center right okay um but then for a week we actually would travel out into the middle of the bush it was really some neat stuff we would travel from town to town the the umzungus the white guys would, yeah. would go play soccer to the, okay. i guess the local village team and they would they destroy us <laughs> and then i'd stand up on the top of a land rover defender okay. and i'd share the gospel and then it, they there would be someone there that translated in um 
in uh, Swahili. You know, okay. I would say lots of stuff, and he would say like four words. So I think he was actually the one preaching the you, gospel. Wait, you would say lots of stuff? Uh, I'm still trying to explain to you that's about a, a about a manger, and here I am talking about Kenya, right? The, the king of the long answer. Really long answer. But anyway, um, so, but when we traveled, we actually would stay with people, and I yeah. stayed with a guy named Lazarus, really, really great guy. Okay. But it was kind of like a the two room hut, right? Bathroom, yeah. uh, kitchen outside, bathroom outside, shower outside. But they had kind of where they slept and they had the living room. No, when we stayed, they all piled up in the living room and gave us their bedroom. Mm-hmm. So it was me, my buddy Lawson, who slept in their bedroom, and there literally was a rooster in the room with us. <laughs> a rooster was in the room with us. Okay. So it was like a, a legit alarm clock. Yeah, right. right. So, um, but that was just kind of their environment. Like they brought okay. their animals in, they kind of did that. And so you imagine. And that's more like what the culture's like. These yeah. huts are built. How many people can they hold? Yeah. So let's say two other families are also traveling in the same line, and all these houses are booked up. They're probably going, all of our family members, it's not like they're texting. Like, they're going right. from place to place. It's getting right. late at night. They're and so someone going, up. we don't have a place for you to sleep that except for yeah. that. So that would have been more the picture of it. So here they are in this place. Well, the animals also have to be in there, and they've been brought in with food. So you see this yeah. cow trough with sweet feed in it or whatever right. it is. They're cleaning that out and going, we got to put our kids somewhere. Yeah. You know, and so that that would have been more the picture than some barn out there. Now the movie, The Star, uh, nativity movie. Yeah, they do it kind of like a year. Or two yeah, they ago. built it kind of on a lean-to next okay. to the house, and that seems to be a possibility Maybe. as well. Yeah, so I, it's it's interesting because I I was I did some research, and I think it was specifically the houses in Capernaum. It was part of a message that I'd done a while back. Um, and I remember, I'm pretty sure it was the book, The Manners and Customs, The New Manners and Customs of Bible Times, and they talk about the housing, and they describe similar to what you're yeah. talking about. And so, and I don't know if there was a time frame, I don't, I don't remember, you know, what I studied back a while ago at this point, um, but it was exactly that, where they talked about kind of an entryway into the house, and this was kind of packed dirt, yeah. but then there was also the bedroom area where they would have unrolled mats, but they would have also probably done their eating, was kind of like a, a raised when they say raised, like a foot, maybe two yeah. feet of, uh, I don't want to say concrete, but it was stone or it was like flattened stone. Rock where, or Yeah, rock. Yeah. That would have been where they lived. And so for, for the first time, and I feel like I feel a little silly because I've been in church world and ministry for a long time. But for the first time, I thought of, I pictured that house and the stable kind of yeah. as one because I, too, am thinking, you know, the Activity scene, right? Like the one that everybody has in their yard yeah. where here it is. It's just a beautiful little stable in the middle of nowhere. And it's out close to a field because yeah. the shepherd sh- showed up eventually. So it, for the first time, I was like, oh, wow, that would have been really cramped. Yeah. It would have been tight. Um, I also picture in my mind that it was just Mary and Joseph, like everybody else was gone. But that might not have been the case if, man, the only place that they had was was in this or maybe the family was up you know, in the bedroom or over at the stone slab or whatever it is. So it just was an interesting thing for me to go, oh, wait a minute. Everything that I've envisioned since a child is probably wrong. So I've got to reimagine that. Yeah. So uh, obviously the writers aren't giving us the full story. Right. Because they don't have enough room in that. But imagine what that 24 hours is like. Like it doesn't yeah. imagine the, the pain and the suffering and the. Yeah. You know, and all the fluids. Like, right. so yeah, there's probably someone else participating. Like, even the we get very limited stuff about the shepherds. We know they yeah. living out in the fields. Yeah. Period. You right. know, and so we have the manger scene, and you know, and I'm not against it. I'm not like we gotta take the all manger yeah. scenes, but 
the one compromise in our family is you got the whole manger scene. It stays up all year in our house, okay. really, you know, one of the beautiful wood carved ones. Okay. But the three wise men, or however many there are, they don't get to be with the manger scene. So it's actually okay. our manger scene set up on in our like TV table in our living room. So the manger scene is all on the right side. You got you got the middle where the TV is, and the, the wise men are on the left because okay. they're just not allowed to be there with the shepherds. Cause, and, and why is that? Because they come later, right? Yeah. They come a lot right. later. So it's like which <laughs> might not even be something that we recognize because yeah. we think of three wise men bringing their gifts. Yeah. But it was like it would have taken probably Jesus would have been between three and seven, I think, was the research, something like that. I don't know. That was kind of earth shattering for me back years ago as well. So the wise men didn't show up right away. It wasn't like, you know, Jesus is born. Shepherds show up. Wise men are there. It was it was kind of a process, which is what we'll talk about tonight uh, briefly during the, the thing is just this. We've almost made it too perfect. Yeah. You know, like you see the pretty family, the nativity yeah. scene, the blonde-headed, blue-eyed <laughs> baby. Like, it's just... You mean Middle Eastern people don't have blonde hair? Yes, nuts. Like, so you see all that, and it's just like, oh, it's, we, we can be yeah. pretty suspicious because we've taken out all the mystery of right, it. So, right, So what we're going to talk about today is, like, it's okay to not know the whole story. Yeah, Like, there's... Right. Our kids don't know how the Christmas gifts get down the chimney, yeah. you know, but there's some mystery and excitement and yeah. all that. And it's okay to have that. So anyway, you're, you're hearing me preach tonight. Yeah. Right, so, so, uh, yeah. so another plug, show up tonight, five, yeah. seven, nine o'clock. Love to have you there for that. So I do want to talk, and this is one of the questions that we have regarding the shepherds. You had talked about them. Uh, I don't know if you use this words, but it, the word that I would use is I would say that they were the outcasts of society where they didn't really fit. They can you kind of speak a little bit to that? And then uh, the question, uh, let me just go ahead and read this now. It okay. says, um, and I think you were painting a picture. So so this person, I think, is looking for a little bit more clarity. They said when painting a picture of the shepherds and how they weren't considered people verse, they spoke uh uh, verse 10 spoke of the angels bringing good news and great joy. You said the shepherds didn't have good news and joy. Uh, they only, only when they took the first sip of the bottle. Is that factual? Uh, is that just because a, a shepherd was considered less than um, what they drank? Uh, or, or is it fact? If it is factual, where does it come from? Or was it simply to paint a picture? Yeah, so us? it's that. I yeah. don't I mean... I think if you look at first century culture, shepherds are broken yeah. human beings. You yeah. know, like, I mean, like, I don't know of another example. I mean, and without being offensive, I can name other kind of categories that fit in that, but that makes sense to, to, yeah. to name those things. Uh, yeah, so I would have th- thought that they, I mean, they're alcoholics, but, <laughs> but I do think there probably was a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. They yeah. lived out in the field with sheep. Right. They didn't visit the field they didn't take their sheep out there then right. come back out they're living out in the field right. like they are homeless that's right. what it says they're living on the field and so i i just can imagine like you think about a homeless person like uh what's so weird is billings montana of all places had we lived downtown and kind of the inner city which you don't think of montana's having inner cities but we had them and there are homeless people everywhere hmm. homeless people everywhere and the one thing they all had in common and briggs used to ask this because he's a little like why is there so many people asleep out in the park why are there so many people sleeping on the sidewalks? They were drunk and passed out, okay. right? Uh, every winter, people would drink to stay warm. Yeah. Then they would pass out, and then they would freeze to death. Hmm. It's like it just was a common part of that culture. I mean, it's just so broken. And so when I think about shepherds and just this cycle of never being able to get out okay. of it, that's kind of the picture of going, I just want to escape something. So yeah. Yeah. that's where I'm going. They probably don't have much joy, much stuff to look forward to. But I think about it. 
homeless person in a ton of pain who gets a couple extra bucks. And those first couple sips feel really, really good to them mm. just to ease all the pain and the right, sorrow. So right. it's more that kind of picture. Kind of go, this is where they are. They live in a field right. with sheep, you in, know, like in the elements, yeah, like and, hot, cold, everything like rain. It doesn't matter. They're out. Just, that's just what they do. Yeah. They, they, they live in a field with animals. Like, yeah. That's got to be painful. And you can look at first century culture and understand that they, they were considered, like, their word meant nothing. Yeah. So you go, what created that? Their behavior probably somewhere? Their yeah. hopelessness? Their anger and vitriol? Their, there's a reason for some of that stuff. And yeah. so it's just a culture that really did not respect that profession in any way. Yeah. So it's really unique. And I think this is important. You think about it, that culture was really un, not respecting of shepherds, but they also are not respecting of women. Right. Yeah. Right. So you can look at this and you can think about when Jesus comes back to life. Yeah. So that was when the question that I was going to yeah. drive to. It's so when awesome. he was when he was born, yeah. the people who get to share this news are people who couldn't share their testimony. Right. right. When he dies and resurrects himself, when he comes back to life, this is the second. You know, this is the second act. This is the really yeah. good news. He shows up to Mary Magdalene, right? right, and literally shows up to her, and so she becomes. Oh, it's uncomfortable talking about the first preacher in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> She's the first person to preach the good yeah. news of the resurrection. Yeah, that's right. So God is just, it's so nuanced. He's doing so much more than here's some shepherd, here's some sheep, here's a baby. Yeah. And it's going to grow into a man. Like he is, he is reordering our world and showing us what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. Where people have value and esteem and a story to share. Right. So you see that show up on both these pieces. So be real easy just to gloss over the shepherd, just moving toward Joseph's story. Right. You know, there's like a lot in this. There's a lot that God is choosing to give these folks a platform yeah. that they just haven't ever had. Yeah, so. it's it's the you know the downtrodden. It's the people yeah. that the society has glanced over, says that you don't count that Jesus came for that person. Yep. Like, and for me, I don't feel like I'm oh, okay. I'm one of the elite of society. Yeah. Like, I I definitely associate more with the outcast than yeah. I do with with the elite of society. So for me, when I hear things like that, of just the announcement of Jesus was proclaimed by shepherds, outcast, and then his resurrection was proclaimed by women who didn't have a voice, yeah. who couldn't testify in court. Like to me, that's amazing that Christ, like God showing up, sending yeah. his son Jesus was for the outcast. Like he elevated that which society said, no, you're nothing. Yeah. And I just, I find incredible hope in that. Uh, and that was a question that I wanted to yeah. drive towards of going, okay, here we see, you know, outcasts. Where else do we see yeah. Jesus kind of elevating someone or, or people, a people group, yeah. if you will, um, that culture had just kind of disregarded. So yeah. I think that that's a really cool part oh, of the story. Like, of just man, that's what we should pause and wonder yeah. and go, he is brilliant. This is like, he is writing this in a way that's just... Yeah. So nuanced, so amazing, and yeah. really cool to see that. And so that's the piece I wanted to get to at the Shepherds. Like, right. These are folks that di that were seen as less than human. Right. And it is pretty amazing as we go through this story. It's uh, You kind of talked about this uh, for the beginning in Luke chapter 1, uh, week 1, where we were looking at uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth. So we're looking at Zechariah and Elizabeth, and, and Luke is setting up the story. He's an investigative journalist who's being paid to go do this, and he starts by telling the story of Christ, but not about Christ. He starts by telling Zachariah. Like, yeah. And what's interesting, too, is as, I, as we read through this on Sunday, I was looking at, you know, chapter 2, even the birth of Christ, it feels like he quickly moves on. He goes right from, okay, baby was born, and then there were shepherds out in the field. Like, it almost cha like flips the page right away. Yeah. Again, is that kind of the same thing that, uh, you know, presumably Luke's doing? 
uh, as he's writing this, he's doing the same thing with Mary? Or why do you think that is? Well, I think he's doing exactly what the gospel does, which yeah. is invites people into God's story. Yeah. So here's the story that God shows. He shows up and invades our lives. Now let me show you the, the cast who gets invited to it. Yeah. So what you see throughout the Bible and the scriptures, that's why I love it, even thinking about this idea of the outcast, the downtrodden. It's like Luke is going to continue to show us the people that get invited yeah. into the story. Yeah. By the way, eventually he gets invited into the story. You right. see it in the book of Acts, right? That he gets into that. So I think his writing, and I mean, he's not told me this, and just I think the whole thing is going, there is a God who is creating the story and writing the story. And yeah. on every page, on every yeah. page, he's bringing some more people into the fold. So you have a religious, suspicious dude yep. who is old and downtrodden. You have a teenage girl who has no, like, her only value is in having a baby, right? right? And now God's about to make her the mother of God, right? And, and then you have these shepherds. So the first three people are not people that you would think of in society of those things. The one who would have had the most esteem is the one who got silenced. Yeah. The one who could have had a voice in this is the one that loses his voice. Yeah. So it's just like, it's so strange to see how this works. Going, Let me show you the religious elite. Yeah. That loses the voice. Let me show you this little girl. She gets the voice. Let me show you these shepherds. She gets a voice. And yeah. so it's it's this picture of there is good news to share, and the people who are sharing it are the ones who are going to be radically transformed by it because yeah. they are they are deeply aware of what it feels like to be broken and flawed and yeah. have no hope. Yeah. So so I think that's what Luke's doing. But. Yeah, and and I think that this past Sunday you did a great job, or this past weekend I should say, well, did a great job of. Saying it's for good news for all people. Good like, news, great joy, all people. All people, and it. And I, I think at least for me, again, it was kind of the, the message part. So the video, what I really took home was that I'm going, man, God does exactly that. He created a way, and He sent a sign, and He cares and values and loves me so much. But then the message part of that was, man, this is really great news. This is for all people, not just for one, not for the elite, not for just even the downcast or the the outcast. It's this is for all people. Good, bad, indifferent, like everywhere in between. This is for all people. So I felt like that was that was done really well. So, I just I love the story of Christmas just because again, you can't I feel like you can't make this up. Like you this, wouldn't make it up. Yeah. This would not be what you would do. Yeah. You would not Create a resurrection and then let the news land in a woman with a sordid past yeah. and a lot of suspicion around her. Yeah. Like that's not that's not how you create a story of this. Yeah. You know, like you don't create a God child yeah. and let him be born in a trough. Yeah. Like that's just not the story that you would write unless yeah. it's actually true. Yeah. So So I, I do want to ask, like I feel like I'm getting excited as we're talking through it and just amazed by it. Yet what I also want to be, I guess, mindful of is that as people are here, even hearing the story, maybe they don't necessarily feel that that God is good or they, it's not hitting home or because of a situation or something that's going on. In fact, we had a, a question, um, and I don't think this was this was actually a question for for this podcast. I think that this was more of part of uh, part of prayer requests, which are are kept private and confidential. Yeah. We do that intentionally. So, I, I, by no means am I am I trying to you know break that confidence but mm. there was a question that just kind of simply stated um uh, kind of referencing the video you know the video does it ever actually work out that way like it it seems like things got tied up pretty well for this son with his father and i know that the point that you're trying to make is for us to see what god did so yeah. on some level that's the point that was trying to be made but yet there are people that can look at this and go 
yeah, but does the does life ever work out that way? Like to where things are actually pretty and and good and and I think even in that video, there's a lot of speculation. Like it doesn't mean that that son and that father didn't have to work through things, but oh, we don't know what happens next. We yeah. don't know if they have another fight. We don't know if he goes back to rehab. We don't yeah. know anything. Yeah. So I, I guess any words of encouragement or, or maybe even maybe it's not even encouragement. What, what would you say to somebody that's really wrestling to hear that? this Christmas season? Like, I think that, uh, I think I'm asking this question, but I'm even in my mind, I'm, it's already been answered. I feel like we're talking about so much what Christ has done that that is, man, I, I wish that that's what's heard more than anything. However, I do want to be mindful that there are people listening, that there are people that oh, are going yeah. through things, that it's still tough. And it doesn't mean that this great news that they hear because they came out on Sunday or, or because they came out on you know Christmas Eve, it doesn't mean that that pain's gone. So how would you, what would you say to them? How would you encourage them or, or challenge them? What, what would you say? Yeah, so uh, several thoughts. One, um, I'm not well. Like there's something off in my brain. Like there just is. Like no matter how much I pray, um, you know, uh, the interesting thing that I point out is there's that verse that I, I've always heard. And it was, I have so much anxiety in my mind, even today, sorting through Christmas. And just, God, God will that ever go away? Like if I eat better, if I think more, if I pray more, if I read scripture. So I, I guess I just really identify um, with whoever is asking those questions or going, I get that because in my mind, things just don't sort out real well either. Yeah. And there's lots of pain, lots of stuff. Bring on some of that pain myself, right? So, so I got all that stuff going on. And then you have people, and you have the scriptures like perfect love cast out fear. And well, okay, keep telling me that <laughs> scripture, perfect love cast out fear, get the fear out of my mind, right? But the, the, the important part of that verse is there is, someone who offers that love. Hmm. So it's not that you hit the scripture cast out fear. Yeah. That doesn't fix anything. The yeah. scripture doesn't fix my brain. The one who offers that love right. is the one that casts out fear. Yeah. So I think it's really easy for us to go to the scriptures and go, this is what we need. This is how we do things. It's going, no, there is actually a deliverer of that love. Yeah. Like there's a deliverer of that love. Like, so when I think about that, I go, that's where I need to go. That's what needs to happen is that perfect love has to be received. Hmm. Not the Bible, not the scriptures. Well, I think they're yeah. really, really neat, but they are, they are the menu, not the dinner, yeah, right? The dinner right. is Jesus, right? So they're just pointing to what we can have and we can eat and we can enjoy it and we can taste and see that it's good. So all that kind of, I think, is confusing in the church world because we have answers for if you do this and this will work. Hey, if you do this, if you love your spouse unconditionally, they'll come back. If you do this, your kids won't get hurt. And it's like, but all around us, we have a bunch of data that goes, we did all those things and it still yeah. hurts. And so yeah. I think the hard part of seeing that video is to go, this is because he's going, if he's a good elder in a church and then he'll be gracious and forgiving. And yeah. some of you go, well, I know an elder who doesn't do that. Right, right. So the, the picture of the story isn't about how humans reconcile. Right. And I think that could get lost in, in the, the, the movie. It's like, oh, this is how humans reconcile. No, this is a Christmas Eve parable pointing to how God reconciles, yeah. how God is a perfect father, how God would do those things. Not everybody forgives that way. Right. Not everybody's right. going to do that. And all of us have fallen short of that. Yeah. We've all fallen short of receiving it, and we've all fallen short of offering it. Yeah. So when I, what I want us to see is the pain we feel, like I feel, you feel, whoever is going through, whatever is going through, it's real pain, and it is evidentiary. Like it is, it, it's evidence to me that there is something wrong. Yeah. So the pain is true and real. Like it is true and real. And so even when I think about how do you get out of that, I think about David and some. 51, is that where it is, where he says, created me a clean heart, mm -hmm. O God, and, 51. and yeah. renew a steadfast spirit in me. Like, this is 
him coming into the conclusion that he made some really really bad choices right right, right. so uh, so he's repenting of murder right yeah. and of <laughs> an affair but he says something that i think is really, really important he goes restore unto me the joy of your salvation yeah so i think the reality of this for this guy is he has a father who's going to love him no matter what and proves that now but that is a small glimpse of what god actually offers us so i think if there's anything i could beg for people to get and you know, i'm preaching to myself here is could the joy of salvation actually be restored in my life hmm. right and because that's why we don't really share the good news because hmm. we don't always think it's good news yeah. and there is no great joy in that unless we actually can lean into the places where we're the most broken yeah whether that's in your family that's in your addiction if that's in your finances and go boy it's really really evident to me that my world is really broken yeah so either there is no way or what God shows us is where there was no way, he made a way, and that's the salvation that he ushers in. Yeah. Not that everything else is going to get fixed, but one day it'll all be made right. One right. day we will stand in the driveway and look at God's front porch, and he'll all the lights will be on. Right? right? It's, right. That's the picture of it. And that's what I think that's important. Like Even when you think about other parables that Jesus does talk about, you're talking about that, like the prodigal son. Yeah. Right? You talk about these two brothers. We all talk about the first one who comes back and is welcomed. Right. But if you really think of the story, like there's this sadness in that, that the other guy is actually the one who didn't have joy in his salvation. Right? Yeah. It says he went away sad. You know, like he they had a party and he goes and pouts. He's like he's missing the party because he's caught up in his own feelings and the things that he didn't get. Yeah. The love that he didn't have and all that kind of stuff. And he goes, No, no, it's always been here available to you. It's always been available to you. And so what I like to challenge people and go, Well, how should the story have gone? Like, how should the story have gone? Like, if this is a perfect story, God is actually showing us how broken we are. Yeah. When one person goes away, what should the other brother have done? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. If one of my daughters, or, oh, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> if, if one of my kids goes astray, the most beautiful thing that could happen for me is to see the other kid, other child, go and reach right. out to them. Right. Right? So if, if this is a perfect story, it's not. It's a parable to help us identify ourselves because we're the broken one in this. But in a perfect story, which is what we want, but we haven't found yet, right? In a perfect story, the older brother or the one who stays goes and gets the prodigal, goes right. and gets the other one, right? Right. And brings him back to the father. That's what the perfect story does. Right. And guess what? That's actually what That's the perfect what story did. is. Yeah. We walked away from God, all of us, dead yeah. in our sins and transgressions. And the first son, he literally goes as a baby, gets very vulnerable, puts himself in the most unsafe, yeah. awkward, peculiar ways. Like, so you have this really godly son going, oh, I can't look at that. I can't do that. You have a perfect God who, who the older son goes and gets us and then ushers us back to the father. Yeah. And so the, the, the parables of that, the story is that, that one day all will be made right again. And yeah. that tear and that pain is just evidence that we haven't gotten there yet, but mm. that we long for it. Yeah. So it's real and it's painful. And I, Boy, do I understand that pain, and I, I just don't get it. I don't get why I can't break through all the anxiety. And what usually happens is someone comes and offers me three or four more suggestions of things I can do, and they do it with well intentions. But it just yeah. gives me three or four more things to try that just right. leads me in this place. Like, how do I? How do I? How do I break through this? Right. 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 And the reality is, perfect love that's offered from the Father is the only thing that casts out fear. Yeah. So I got to receive that more than anything else. And so, yeah. what I hope you don't miss in the story is. There is a God who has a, all the lights on with arms wide open going, I know you're in pain. I can't – that pain is real. I'm not going to pretend like it's not. Like By the fact that the son goes into the house doesn't mean that he didn't have all the struggles in his life, right? right. He right. just is now welcomed in with all those struggles. Right. And so I just say, could you just pause like I need to do and just sit before God and 
maybe let him just kind of minister to us yeah. in the middle of those struggles. Yeah, that's good. So That's good. I feel like the last question that I have, and I guess we, we are kind of running low on time here. Um, Is that, the, oh, why'd you say it that way? Are you telling me that I should answer a little shorter? No, I'm just looking at the time. Like you, were you worried that you I know, wasn't looking at the time? I feel like if I was worried, I'd be like, hey, Josh, give us a short answer on this. I would be and what do you think I'd do if you asked me that? I don't know. That's a great question. I haven't asked you to do that yet, so maybe I should start doing that. But I wanted to get to something that I think we had talked about. I can't remember if it was over the weekend or before, but but I've really enjoyed the series. Loved even the title of Wonder because there's been – there's been this wondering and just seeing that that word in scripture yeah. and verse 19 said but oh, yeah. mary treasured up all these things and pondered, pondered them. them in her heart and uh and you had said something i i don't think that you said it on at the service that yeah. i was at on sunday but but what do you like we had had a conversation about that what is that verse pondered there mean so mary's kind of in my mind mary's wondering she's yeah. thinking about these things that that is happening, this fulfillment of scripture, this angel showing up. Like she's got a lot to wonder about, but what does that word pondering mean? Yeah. So when the angel shows up earlier and it says she's troubled and wondered or considered, that's put some logical sequence into understanding she stopped and thought, right? So uh, you would think maybe it's like a bookend of doing the same thing on the back end, but just, you know, thinking about that word pondered there, and I can't tell you the Greek word, shows up a couple more times in scriptures, but most of the other places it shows up, is in conversing or meeting together. Mm-hmm. So there is a there is a two-sided part of this. So that the, the conversed would have been um, conversed with joy or conversed with gratitude would yeah. have been a good way to do that, like okay. optimistically conversed or considered. And so what it implies is that there's another side of that yeah. connection. Yeah. So now there's a couple things to consider there. She's holding God himself. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so maybe it literally is the, the reason it uses conversed or you know wondered there or pondered is that she's literally she is with God now. Yeah. Wow. So tangibly, she is thinking about all these things and pondering like you are God. Yeah. Like you wow. know, like all of us do this. Like I looked at, I remember when my son was born. I remember staring at his fingernails and going, "He has the same shape of fingernails as I do." I remember just looking at him and just staring at him and like studying his face. And so it may be just that, like yeah. she is. The first one to hold God in the flesh yeah. and go, you're going to save the world. Yeah. So, wow. you know, like you're going to do all those things. I think it's more that piece that she now is seeing the first tangible action of God and his vulnerability showing up yeah. on this planet. Wow. Right. And so I think it's really interesting to think about that pondering because it, yeah. it, it does imply that there's some kind of connection. So either she's talking and praying to God, right, which is more than just you yapping. Right. Or I think it's really a pretty cool picture if you, it uses yeah. the word meat in other places that she is treasuring this and yeah. wondering and thinking about the crazy nuanced ridiculousness of the story yeah. that god is ooing and gooing and awing and yeah. all those things like it is you can't make it up i mean yeah. you wouldn't make it up so i think that's the more the picture of it yeah. and, and unfortunately it wasn't what the message was about so i didn't right. really get to spend a lot of time there right, right. but i'm glad you asked because i don't want us to miss that that's yeah that's a beautiful moment to really think and consider what Mary's working yeah. in that moment. That's so. pretty cool. Um, so hopefully this Christmas, you know, for most of you, probably if you're watching or if you're listening, maybe this is after Christmas. For most of you, hopefully tomorrow, you know, on Christmas Day that you can actually do that where you can pause and and ponder or wonder um, of this incredible story and just kind of be mindful of it. If you are listening and it's past 
Christmas, maybe you can find some time to just simply do that and just consider again this incredible story that that God gave to us, that he wrote, that he authored, that brought his son, and we get to be in right standing with him. So that's pretty awesome. So uh, is there anything else that you you know didn't get a, a chance to to talk about this past weekend? Anything left on the cutting room floor that you wanted to share? Yeah, the only thing, uh, no, not really. Other than I just would, um, if you're you're if you're available, and I don't mean like you have some time this evening to catch us online. Like I think there's something really beautiful about being here in the middle of all this, yeah. and I'm gonna help you understand, particularly if you really struggle with the wonder piece, why that's missing for yeah. us. I think it'll be really really valuable for you for your in-laws for your neighbors for your kids and so one thing i'd say is i really do think this puts a really beautiful bow on the christmas series of just this wonder one you're going to see the package of yeah what's missing here now i'm not going to answer all the questions it's not going to be solved for you but the bow is going to be why have i had a hard time wondering and there's Mm -hmm. a reason for that that we'll get to sort through tonight so i just would encourage you to come i jump in on one two all three services today five seven and nine seven yeah so again five and seven o'clock is here yeah um about an hour long we'll we'll have uh, child care up through uh, pre-k and then at the nine o'clock service there is no child care but that is traditional candlelight service over at new london presbyterian church We'd love to see you at any one of those services. Bring your friends, bring your family, invite folks, and yeah, we'll just be able to celebrate what Christ has done. So, yep, and we're back at it next week, yeah, uh, Saturday and Sunday, and we'll be yep. here. Gary will, <laughs> Gary will be preaching. Wait, so wait, I'm sorry, um, I have no idea what you just said. Whatever. I, well, I see. I was thinking about what I was about to say after that. Oh, Gary will be preaching, that. so you've got tons of time afterwards. You'll still have half of your Sunday. Um, so come on out; it'll be great. Yeah. Watch Gary go long this week, though, and then I'll have to eat my words. Yeah, be nice. Last time I made fun of Josh saying that I, I spoke too fast. That was the feedback I got, and I went too long. And I said I was pretty confident about it, but then I, I went just as long as he did. So, sorry. Anyway, have a great Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. We hope to see you this coming weekend or tonight. Uh, and, yeah. That's it. That's it. Have see a great ya. week.